that better? just want to take a moment and give a hand to all the people that put all this together. This doesn't happen by accident, so thank you. That was the children's extravaganza. Now we're going to have the preaching extravaganza. Kidding. But yeah, right? No pressure following all the really cute kids uh, to, to do this part, so uh, stick with me. Um, if you're visiting with us this morning, uh, welcome. Thank you for coming and visiting with us, and thank you for your care for the, the kids that are up here and investing in them and, and letting them know how, uh, how much you love and care for them by having your presence here with us this morning. So thank you. Uh, my name is Noah Joyner, and I serve as the Minister of Education and Equipping uh, here at Northwake Church, and it's uh, really a privilege to be with you all this morning. Um, I, just to begin with, I have to say, I have, I have mixed feelings of, about Christmas. For, for some of us, it truly is the most wonderful time of the year. Um, I'm married to one of those people, but, but for the rest of us, this, this season can be really a mix of emotions. And and I remember one of the first times I really came face-to-face with that mix of emotions. Um, it, was, it was 1986. I had just turned eight years old. Uh, it was Christmas Eve, and I, I couldn't sleep. So it was, it was Christmas morning, about 3 a.m., and, man, I'm just feeling really antsy. And so I get up, and I go into my mom's room, and I say, Mom, it's, it's Christmas. It's time to get up. And she says, No, it's 3 o'clock. You need to go get in your bed. And so I go back to my bed, and I lay there for an eternity, like, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. And so then I go back into my mom's room, and I'm like, Mom, we got to get up. It's Christmas. And she's like, no, it's not. Go back, get in your bed. So this time, I, you know, I, really, I was really patient. I waited about 45 minutes. I get up, and I go back in my mom's room, and I'm like, really trying to be quiet not to wake my dad, right? So I'm like, Mom, like we, it's time to get up. It's Christmas. And she says, okay. And what she meant by okay is not okay, I'll get up and we'll all do Christmas, but okay, you can get up and open all your presents by yourself. And so I'm like, this is awesome, right? So, so you know, I run into the living room and just start, like, tearing into stuff. And, and what's, I mean, how great is this, right? There's no parents telling you, like, you know, wait your turn, no brothers getting, trying to get their grubby little paws on your new toys, right? It's great, right? And so I'm just, like, tearing into stuff and G.I. Joes are going everywhere and candy and clothes and all other kinds of stuff made in China and so so from about you know four to 415 it's just sheer joy I mean an eight-year-old could not have had more fun in, in that moment but then at about eight or about 416 right reality starts to set in and I start to feel like man like okay all my toys are done I've opened everything up and and it, and it was pretty disappointing and so I'm, I'm like man what do I do now so you know, I play with my toys for about two and a half hours until uh, everybody else wakes up at a normal time. And so when they do, you know, my brothers come running in, and they're opening all their stuff, and they're all happy. And, and I'm like, man, this is really disappointing. You know, I, I, I had already done all of that. And so it was like, yeah, you know, this is no fun at all. And I think that's a good picture of, of life. When we think about joy so often disappointment is on the heels of it. Not just with Christmas, but with, with many times in our life. That as we look at the achievements that we've had, many times the joy of that is followed by disappointment. Or, or marriage, I can speak for my wife on this, that the joy of marriage gave way to disappointment. But we could say that. <laughs> I don't want to say that for her. Um, but we could say that about really 
any joy that's offered to us, with, whether it's children or money or friends or, or work or a, a new car or, or toys, that, that any of those things have this joy in the beginning that gives way to this disappointment. But I want to remind you this morning of, of the one who carries the deepest promise of joy that never disappoints, the joy that stuff gives us, that that, that joy doesn't compare. We are offered a joy in Christ that it doesn't always smile, but it always hopes and it always stands up in love. And the joy that we're offered because of Christ's coming, it eclipses all other joys. And it is the joy that all other joys imitate. This is the joy that, that Jesus brings when he comes to the earth as a newborn child. And we just heard some of that read in Luke 2. And so this morning, I'd like to take a little bit closer look at, at Luke 2. And as we do that, as you open your Bibles, would you pray with me as we prepare ourselves to, to look into the word this morning? Father, we do, we do ask you that you would prepare our hearts and give us hearts that ponder and treasure up your word. Give us minds that are attentive, Lord, and that as we look into your word, as we hear it unfolded, that it would make sense to us, that it would ring true, that it would testify to us that, yes, this Jesus is the true Son of God, that he is our hope and he is our Savior. Give us that grace this morning, we pray in the name of Christ. And so we look at uh, Luke chapter 2 and verses 1 through 7, we see this. It says, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was was the governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn child, her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. So imagine... This opening scene is much like if you've seen in a movie where you, you kind of begin and there's the world and it, and it gets closer into a county and then a town. And that's what we're seeing here, that, that all the world's being counted. But then we see this small town or this small area of Judea and then this small town of Bethlehem and then this small inn that has no place left. So they're out in the stables and then we see this manger. And we see in it that there's this new baby, a baby boy. This baby boy that God had promised to his mom and to his dad that he would be special. This baby boy that God had promised from long ago that he would bring salvation. And so the birth of this special one, it, it didn't come with a lot of frills. It, it doesn't seem very special on the, on the face. There's, there's no nesting. There's no birth photographer. There's no hospital bag. Just mom and dad and a baby. And some cloths that they wrap him up in and a makeshift bed that they lay him down in. You would think that the coming of the Savior of the world, who'd been promised for thousands of years, you'd think there'd be all this singing and glory and all of that. And and it doesn't seem like that's happening in this scene. But if we look across town, we see something different. So we look in Luke 2 and verses 8 through 15, as the story continues, it says this, And in the same region... There were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with fear, and the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, 
I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And so as we, as we reflect on this scene, it's almost like the, the angels, maybe like their, their Google Maps was messed up and they like ended up in the wrong place. Because you think they would be over at the, at the manger, but no, no, they find these shepherds working the night shift in a field. And they come, the, the angel of the Lord comes and he shows up. He's a messenger with this super important message. And so to signify that, there's all this light shining around and they're terrified. And so the angel says, relax, I have some really good news that I want to tell you. And the news that I'm about to tell you is one that means joy for all types of people. This night, in this area, in this place, has been born the Savior of the world. It's the Savior that God has promised for thousands of years. You will know him by the way that he is wrapped up and, and where he is laid. And just then, this angel army comes and starts singing about the greatness of God because what he's doing in the world through this baby. So we can't be sure how long this singing lasts, but what we do know is that when the singing is done, these angels, they, they, they return to heaven, and the first thing these shepherds want to do, they want to go see this thing. They want to go and see it with their own eyes, experience it for themselves. And so they do. We see in verse 16, it says this, And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. So when you know it, it was just as the Lord said. They found this baby wrapped in a certain way, laying in a certain place. And when they get there, what do they do? They start telling everybody exactly what they had seen and what they had been told. And we see a couple of responses in this passage that are, that are really beautiful, actually. We see that the people who were there, evidently there were some extra people there, uh, people who were around, and they wondered at what they heard. They were, they were amazed. They wondered. They were captivated by it. And we see that Mary, she treasured up all this stuff in her heart, and she ponders it, or she thinks about it. She considers it deeply. But the shepherds, we see, that they went about telling everyone what they had seen. It sounds like they're, just as they're going about, they got here and they tell everybody, and then when they, wherever they go next, they're telling people. They spread the joy of what they have been offered. And we see these three responses, wonder and amazement, treasuring and pondering, and going and sharing of this great news. And God's desire for us is that, that we would wonder we would be amazed at what has been done, what he has done in sending his one and only son. And that, that, that we would treasure this up in our hearts, that we would consider it. 
and that we would tell others of this great thing that God has done. As I was reflecting on the pride of, of you know, I was watching Greg Mathias, he's, he's recording his daughter and half the other people in here are doing the same thing, right? How proud of you are you, are, are you of your kids up here singing a song? But think of this, the Father in heaven, when his son comes into the earth, how proud and pleased How much does he love the fact that his son has come in obedience to do the thing that his father has asked him to do? The greatest work that will ever be done. How pleased is he with that? I can't imagine. This season, we are going to be sold all sorts of joy. And some of them will will taste them. Some of them will be heard. and, And some of them will touch with our own hands. We'll unwrap the stuff. But in time, all of it will fade away. And they will leave a longing for something more and something greater. It'll happen, I promise you. You're going to tear into the stuff that you wanted to get, regardless of how old you are, thinking, yes, this is going to please me. This is going to make me happy. You're going to sit down at a meal, and you're going to consume it, and then you're going to think, man, I ate too much. It's going to fail you, whatever it is, because you were created for a greater joy, and all other joys are to be founded on that one true joy. So when that that joy that surrounds this season, when it fails and when it fades away, remember the joy of salvation that Christ offers stands in our darkest days, in our most sin-filled days, because he knows those dark days, He suffered and died on a cross for sinners like you and I. And he was raised again to establish joy and hope in our hearts. The manger held him, but the grave could not hold him. He is our hope in the face of death. And he is our joy in the face of disappointment. In this season and in all other seasons, might he be yours today. On my 21st birthday, which was uh, in 1999, my mom, she gave me a Bible for Christmas, and I thought, this is the worst gift ever as a 20-year-old young, a 21-year-old young man. And I took that Bible, uh, and I put it on a shelf, and, and then I started reading it. And I started reading about who Jesus was, and I could not get him out of my mind. I would go to sleep at night and have dreams of him. And he became alive to me through the word. And I began to to store up all of who Jesus was through reading the gospel, storing him up in my heart and thinking about who he was. And I was struck by the greatness of who Jesus is and the joy that he offers. And so less than a year later on Thanksgiving Day, I gave my life to Christ, knowing that he was my hope and he was my joy. I just spent the whole day with my family and, and that's supposed to be fun, right? But it wasn't. It wasn't joy-giving. It wasn't life-giving. And so I gave him my life, and I said, take my life. Do whatever you want to with it. And I I will tell you this. Since that day, I've experienced a depth and growth of joy that I never experienced before. Much of that has happened with you all over these 17 years, and I'm thankful for that. I've learned to love in suffering. I've learned to love in joy with loss 
in pain. I've learned to have joy when I get, and I've learned to have joy when I give. And it's a joy that doesn't fade. It's this joy that builds. And I think that's exactly what we see with these people in this story this morning, is that they're getting a a sense that something great is happening, and that joy is growing. And if you read the Gospels, it grows and grows and grows and grows until it culminates in this rising from the dead. And that's what we hope in. That is our hope, and that is our joy. And so this morning, God has brought you to this place, and he wants you to know that in his son is the fullness of joy. And when you find yourself, you will find yourself at a place where the joy is lacking and it's fading, and it doesn't give all that it promised to give. Christ offers that joy. He came that we might have life and have it abundantly, and he gave his life for that. So let me pray for us that that would be our joy in this season, in this season and in all seasons. Father, you are the joy bringer, the joy giver, the joy sharer in your son, Jesus. How you looked upon that manger and thought, yes, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And God, might that be our joy to say, yes, this is my brother, Christ, he is my salvation. Thank you, Jesus, that you would give your life that I may no more shall die, that I would be free from death and the fear of it and be filled with life and the joy of it.